0: It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now. Here's Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. You know, a lot's going on. Music's been in my head. Serena Williams is the greatest of all time, and I'm loving the U.S. Open. But, Cell, I want to hear some drums right now. What I'm in the mood for is some drums, Cell. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the guest list just gets better and better. That was Symphony X's own Jason Rulo, who's live in the studio. Try to get his drum kit in here. It is so big, we need three guys to bring it off the rig and put it in this studio. But Jason Rulo, what an honor to have Symphony X, one of the original members, still a member, live in studio.
1: Thank you, Mike. Very good to be here. Now, those were some
0: drums, and you know, you've drum is an art. It's an art form. And for those of you who don't know Symphony X, the genre is kind of like Trans Siberian Orchestra, kind of like Dream Theater, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like you guys have mastered your instruments.
1: Thank
0: what you. took you down this level of music where um, it's special?
1: Well, let's see. For me, I mean, music probably. Uh... It is special. I mean, if you really want to go back to the beginning, probably kind of saved my life as a very young kid when my dad passed away at 11, actually. So I got to take out all my my aggressions and everything. I had somewhere to focus it. And um, once I realized how fun it was playing the drums, I um, it wasn't too long, I think three or four years after I was discovering new styles of music and all this that I... I kind of already started picturing Symphony X in my mind before I even met those guys. I said, eventually, I think I I have this kind of vision of where I wanted to go. And that's where it went, really. So I focused on learning as many different styles as I could. And just at that age, you want to be the best in the world. You don't realize there's really no such thing. And so, you know, just doing that, just practicing as much as I could, absorbing everything I could, uh, studying with everybody I could. And I think everybody in the band kind of took their own path, but we all had that time in our lives where it was just, we were just so obsessed that, you know, we just spent ridiculous amount of hours honing our craft and yeah, just kind of learning what we could and just shedding. Yeah.
0: Jason Rulo is my guest ESPN radio. One 1.7, the team, you know, you talk about being the best right in the world. And some people say Neil Peart, Uh Some people say John Bonham, you know, I'm a big Ringo star fan to be the best at something, right. That's all you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And you created this, this outlet at a time where you had already had it visioned. Did you think you'd be playing stadiums and world tours and doing it since the 90s?
1: I, honestly, I did because for me, it was, there was no other thing. I became so focused. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I even set a goal for myself. I said, by the time I'm 25, I want to be touring the world through music. And we started touring a month before I turned 25. Incredible. So it's, you know, careful what you wish for, right? So it's, yeah.
0: Let's take you down the journey. Yeah. So you're from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And when I think Jersey, you know, of course, the boss comes to mind, Bruce Springsteen, Mm -hmm. the Misfits, right? Mm -hmm. Cool in the gang. A lot of people don't know they're from New Jersey, right? Yeah. And shout out Sugar Hill Gang, one of my favorite of all time rappers, Delight, is from Jersey. Mm -hmm. So when you were coming up, tell me how that – who were you – who was – like, what are you looking for? Right. The greatest of all time, Frank Sinatra was from Jersey. Right. But at that point, how does the how are you making your music knowing all these greats have come out of Jersey?
1: Yeah, we had no no shortage of talent growing up right outside of Manhattan. I mean, we didn't realize how lucky I think we we were back then. Until so um, no offense to, uh, you know, anywhere else in the world, but essentially New York really, especially at that time, was really one of the greatest, greatest cities to be able to go in on any night of the week and see the cream of the crop musicians you never know who you're going to see you go into some place see someone you never heard of and get completely blown away um, or see someone huge yeah, because you just had such an incredible amount of options to pick from entertainment wise so we were in the city all the time as teenagers and growing up and seeing everything we could you know funk bands jazz um, you know metal it's just anything anything we could because it was just it was so happening back then and it was it was just easy um, didn't really realize how special that was, you know, until it's kind of gone. It, the city's changed a lot since then, you know, and it's a lot harder to find. You don't have that quantity or quality of acts, you know. So that was just incredible. I think that I, I learned so much through watching guys, especially the jazz cats. Like, you know, I'm really into the fusion stuff, too. So to be able to go into the city and see guys like Dave Weckl and Dennis Chambers and Vinnie Caluda you know, all those kind of guys for me as a drummer was just you know you're in a tiny little club with them too so if you didn't pick something up then you know you weren't meant to be you know doing it um so yeah i think that that was just kind of an amazing place to be at that time
0: especially the early 90s jason yeah. rulo's my guest ESPN radio 101.7 the team now take us on take us to the moment right you guys cut the cut the album and now you have to hit the road and for people who don't know what it's like to hit the road not not now that you're playing arenas. Mm-hmm. Tell me that first time where you said we're gonna get in a van, we're gonna get in a bus, and it, we're gonna pick up a couple sandwiches, and we're gonna hit the road.
1: Right. It's funny. We we actually kind of paid those dues separately. Also, like I had a, a, I think we all had different bands. We struggled with the local bands that we did all that stuff with. But when Symphony X came together, we had this deal in Japan. So Michael Romeo, our guitar player he already had interest in Japan, so they signed us that way, so our Japanese label was our first first label, our first deal. So they said, okay, hey, do a record, we'll see what it sounds like, and maybe you come over here and play, okay. So I met those guys in June of 94, forever ago, and that album came out that December. So it was really our demo for us, but they were like, spit it out, let's get it out by Christmas, and we're like, okay, whatever. So... They said, well, we'll give you a little more money, make another record, you know, and then you'll have more fans come back, you do a better show. Okay. That kept happening. So three, actually four records later, finally, we had still never played a live show, but we had really four albums out at that time. So um, some, a few things happened in the band. Um, I actually left for the fourth record and came back. Mike called me and said, hey, man, we're going to offer to go to Japan for real. You know, you're the guy. Let's do this. You know, come back and let's do this. We'll be there in a month, you know. So I was like, all right, you know what? Sounds good. So yeah, next thing I knew, there I was a month before my 25th birthday in Japan with the guys for the first time. And I remember putting our hands in the circle like you do when you're kind of getting all pumped up because none of us now, it was like four or five years where all of a sudden we hadn't played any shows because we had kind of all left our other projects and were really investing everything we had. I mean, besides maybe a couple of little local things here or there. So all of a sudden here we were like, no, now we're going to play this serious show and all right here we go the music's not the easiest music in the world let's hope we go out and and we can kill this thing you know I remember all our hands were shaking I'll never forget that moment and we get onto the stage we were in Osaka Japan and uh, a little club called Banana Hall and it was about 600 people packed front to back and we hit the first note and the club just explodes the people just are jumping up and down screaming freaking out and all the pressure went away and it was just like this giant relief and it was like Oh, yeah, okay, I I could do this, (laughs) you know. It was just so fun, but that moment is impressed upon me as so strong. So that was kind of, that was, that was our first moment together on stage, actually delivering the music to the people after they were hungry for it, after, you know, four records. So these fans, yeah, they were our first fans over in Japan. So very memorable uh, the rest is is history, as they say, you know. It's all downhill from there, is what I like to say, because we got, like, this royal treatment over there. We're like, wow, this is all right. You know, we were, like, treated like the Beatles or something over there. So, uh, and then we went to Europe, and it was a eye-opening experience, much different kind of tour, bus tour, and much more down-to-earth and reality. So, but that was, yeah, that was the beginning of the band, actually, really, I think, coming becoming a band, because we're in the studio. You're in New Jersey. We're all just kind of going back and forth, trying to do our day jobs and make everything happen to make these albums. It's almost like... It's just a different reality. And When you're finally there and you make it, and you're just like, oh, wow, yeah, here we are. We're in another country. We're playing this music. And they're singing. You know, that's what blew me away. These people... This isn't a mistake. They're actually... They know the lyrics and stuff, so they actually love our music. So how, how blessed to be able to do that.
0: Jason Rulo is my guest. ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. That's a great story. So now... You guys tour the world. You're on the Gigantour tour. And that was a big one for me because I'm a huge Megadeth fan, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Dave Mustaine, I think, is one of the greatest of all time when he's playing guitar. Sure. What's that like, right? You're playing on a, on, a, on a tour with those guys. And then, you know, we were kind of talking. What's it like when Dave Mustaine shows up to watch you guys? I mean,
1: that's, that's huge. What, is. What,
0: what, what did that feel like?
1: Yes, it's kind of one of those surreal moments you have. You know, I remember being in eighth grade, and, and my friend's asking me to air drum Megadeth at the party, you know. <laughs> you know, nice. And here I am, whatever, 10, 15 years later, and I finish a set, or I'm almost done. I look over, and there's Mustaine checking us out, you know. And so, yeah, that was a cool moment, you know. And he was really, he's always been very gracious to us, and so it was a pleasure to be there with them. Um, but, yeah, you kind of have those moments where you're like, yeah, you know what, this is... This is what it's all about. I guess we're I guess we're doing it here. We're kind of we're finally here doing it. Um, you know, just to be there's a lot of bands and a lot of times that that happens. In, but I always try to take every moment I'm on the road and and really just don't take any of it for granted. You know, any of those moments because they're fleeting. You know, and and you really have to. We've been through so much in twenty twenty five years of touring now that when we run into old crew guys or you know things like that. We start talking story and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I forgot. About it's like, man, we've done we've probably forgotten about more things. Than, you know what I mean? So I just try to really all uh, uh, take it all in and absorb it and really just be thankful. Yeah, it's it's what those moments are. Yeah. And we had a night hanging out with uh, Ronnie James Dio, for example, wow. too, which was, you know, another just super idol. Wow. I think of all of ours in the band. And that was and he hung out with us for almost two hours after his show. And was just so gracious in him. And so, yeah, moments like that you never forget. And that's that's kind of what it's all about. And Yeah.
0: Yeah, Ronnie James Dio, for those of you who don't know, right, was fronting with uh, Sabbath uh, for a while. Of course, Ronnie James Dio solo. Everybody mm-hmm. knows who he is. Jason Rulo is my guest. It's ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. The show's Mike Adams 2.0, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you tune in. If you get to the Instagram, it's at Mike Adams 2.0. Right? Mm-hmm. Or at Mike 2.0. At Mike Adams 2.0. Thank you, Micah. <laughs> Let's get back to Jason Rulo. Now, Jason, I think about music, right? And I appreciate all types. When was that moment for you? When, when you were on stage, who were you touring with? Where You, you had to take a moment. We, we talked about Mustaine. But you had to take a moment and say, this was one of the guys, my childhood hero. This is where, you know, you feel a little different because you feel like he's there watching you. Was there any one person in particular or one band that you guys met up with, played together, and you're like, wait a minute. We're sharing the stage.
1: Uh, You know, there's been a few. I mean, we've been able to especially with these some of these big festivals, been able to really open for some of these bands. We've grown up idolizing, you know, Metallica, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath. I mean, so there's there's a great list. There's a few moments where I've been like, wow, we're playing, playing with Maiden tonight. Wow, it doesn't really get any bigger than that, you know? <laughs> um, but personally, too, like as a drummer, one of my favorite drummers growing up was Mickey D from King Diamond. And so there's a couple records they did, that, and my guitar player, Romeo, too. We just love, you know, Abigail and them just like... When I first started playing drums, I think I was 12 years old, and I heard that. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is he doing? Just mind blown. So one night we're uh, in Gothenburg, Sweden, and I didn't realize, but it was Mickey D's hometown. He had heard about us, came down to see us. And so that was probably the first time that happened because it was early in the band's career, and Romeo's like, Romeo's never starstruck. And he's like, you're not going to believe he was here. You know? I'm like, really? You care? must be someone cool. He's like, yeah, and then here comes mickey deer on the corner and you know and he's this guy's a rock star a great drummer he's a great great guy he's turned into a great friend too which has been great but throughout the years he's come and seen us a few times and i think um you know as a musician as your playing evolves you know you you look at yourself through other people's eyes somewhat too you know what i mean especially your peers and they're going hey yeah the first night you know he's going man he's that's great and that's cool, but you know maybe you know this or that, you know. And then the last time it was like, whoa, man, <laughs> you know. So it's like those moments for me are more important than anything because it's like, you know, it just doesn't get any cooler than that. Who who could you impress more than a drummer than you respect like that? Absolutely. Know? So yeah, so those moments I think I cherish more. And really, the probably the greatest compliment I think I ever got though was actually from Tony La Russa. Wow. Because his wife, the baseball Elaine, manager. Yeah which I hope he's okay, by the way. I just heard he got pulled off the field. But uh, he and Elaine, really sweet people, and she's a big, um, she's a drummer and a big metalhead and fan of metal and stuff, so they came and saw us in San Fran. And he, after the show, said, man, you, you could play any sport you want. That was incredible, you know? So I was like, hey, hey did you guys hear that? <laughs> so, you know, who thought you'd get that that cool compliment from somebody in the, in the sporting world, but that it would mean so much? Cause, uh, but I just thought that was cool, and I've always um, been kind of athletic, and, you know, I like sports, too, so... They well, yeah, just that, never know, you know.
0: And now you're on ESPN Radio. Yes, yeah, so you're giving me, team, you're right? validating my
1: whole career here, Mike. Thank you. Here's,
0: a, here's, <laughs> a, here's what's interesting when you think about, you never know who's listening, right? I say this to people all the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. know, you never know who's your fan. You never know what's going until they say something like that. That's the Tony LaRusso, yeah. right? So let's continue with this journey of yours. The sticks. Right, A lot of people refer to those as the sticks when they play. Is it tradition to throw the stick out to the audience or to give a pair of sticks? And and I don't know if you call them something different, but how did that come about? I've always been curious to know how some people throw the sticks into the stands and then some people will give their sticks.
1: I think it's just because we break them and we figure, well, what a cool souvenir. I might as well throw it to this kid who's going to enjoy it. Then I'm just going to burn it for firewood when I go camping or something you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) so I might as well give it to this you know I always look for kids if there's kids in the crowd that's when I hand the stick out I'll throw a couple out when they're broken but when I come out at the end of the night and like we do the bow you know sometimes there'll be like a five-year-old kid on you know the parents shoulders or something and so I'm I hand those sticks out and otherwise I just throw the broken ones it's just kind of a fun thing to do and
0: it's just is it, but where did that tradition start? Right, That's a good like question. the wave, I don't know. you know, like the wave. Where did the wave start? <laughs> Who threw I out the first know. stick? I don't. I know. I want to throw, I, but I want to know why I, dr- I get the broken ones, of course. Yeah. You're just going back to the back and getting a new one. I was just always been curious on on, on if that was like tradition. Know. For I him.
1: wonder if like Gene Krupa threw out the first drumstick because he was like the first entertainer drummer. You know, he yeah, probably legend. did. Legend, absolutely, yeah.
0: So. You're playing South America. When was it? A month yeah, we ago? I just
1: got home. Mm, three, almost three weeks ago from that, yeah.
0: You did about nine shows Brazil, Mexico mm-hmm. City.
1: Yeah, we did Mexico, Brazil, and then we did one in Chile. So,
0: so when you go to these countries, what's that one country? You said there were 600 people in Japan and they were just all over it from the first, you know, from the first time you hit the drum. Mm-hmm. Where's that city for you that every time you go, you just know it's going to be off the charts?
1: Chile, for sure. Santiago. But uh, honestly, all those shows down there were, were kind of like that. They're like the fans literally sing the whole show the whole night. I mean, they're ballistic. So those when you go down there, you know it's, the shows are pretty much all going to be at least solid. But uh, Sao Paulo was great. Rio was great. But Chile is always, always, always outstanding. Um, Argentina. When we do, we didn't do Buenos Aires this run, but usually we do, and that those fans are amazing too. I mean, there's, there's no bad fans south of the border. I got to say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: have, have you played all fifty states? Um, no,
1: I'm sure we missed a few. Okay, I'd have to look and see which ones. In, I'm in sure the, we've missed a few in the middle, you know.
0: In the states, what's that? What's that one state that they just come?
1: You know, it's weird. It, it kind of changes. You know, we've been a band long enough where. There's kind of been like this, you know. You, you ride the wave of the whole thing, and you and what's happening musically, and the age of your demographic, like it's changed. Now it's it's incredible. From twelve to like ninety is our demographic. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, um, so we've had like maybe ten years ago there was kind of a little resurgence of metal, and we had a, all of a sudden there was twelve-year-olds, fourteen-year-olds with Iron Maiden shirts, and we we're like, oh, this is cool. We got like a new new batch of metalheads coming out. Um, But, like, on this last tour, like, you know, New York's always great. And, actually, L.A., we have great shows in L.A. They're known for being kind of a stand-around crowd, but we blow the roof off L.A. usually. Um, But this last tour, some of the smaller, like, Baltimore was unbelievable. Like, the fans were unbelievable. Like, we were like, wow, I don't remember Baltimore being, like, this crazy. It was like, it was almost like being in South America. So, I think after COVID, honestly, like, all the shows we did in this U.S.-Canada run, which was just before South America were amazing. Amazing. All the rooms were full and people were just, yeah, like ballistic. So we're like, wow, this is, I guess people have been <laughs> really needing to get out and stuff, which works out for a band. But yeah, everyone's just so happy to be there again. I think people appreciate life a little bit more now, I think.
0: It's a good point. Jason Rulo's my guest. Symphony X drummer, solo project out now uh, that we'll talk about. Um, You're listening to ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Presented by El Mesquite Market. Bringing cultures together. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. And my guest list has been incredible. It truly has. I want to thank John Geisler for making this happen. Shout out to you, John, because um, once you told me uh, who was going to come into studio today. I was pumped up, man, because, you know, a lot of athletes get pumped up by music, right? And I always ask them what's in their iPod. For you, what's in your iPod right now? Like, what's in your iPod?
1: Oh, man, the whole, everything you can imagine, from Miles Davis to Slayer and everything in between. <laughs> uh yeah i mean i grew up on motown there's still a lot of that in there love motown um i have a little, kind of a hard time finding new music i'm always trying to find new stuff lately i've been into uh snarky puppy if you've heard of those guys but okay. this really cool band um yeah it's all over the map i mean i was listening to king's x the other day a band i kind of pulled out um actually pulled out some Zeppelin the other day. Cause, Great you know, band. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm all over the place, yeah. I go back and forth and try to find new stuff, and then um, when I sit down to practice, I'll, I'll go through, like, whatever site I'm on and just uh, try to find music I haven't heard before so I can just kind of play along to something different. A lot of times I'll do, like, fusion, like, or even world music or something, just, you know, different flavor, grooves, stuff like that because I get bored easily, so, you know, I go back and then, and I go, hey man, let me throw on some Rush. I haven't listened to Rush in a long time. Yeah, I played some Rush songs, and I remember how great all that is, you know. So, yeah, I'm just all. It depends on my mood, and and sometimes I don't have any music, and I just play drums. <laughs> Jason
0: Rulo my guest, ESPN Radio. And what concert? What was your first concert?
1: I think my first official concert was Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet oh, Band. Great band. I tried yeah. to get
0: tickets in Phoenix; they were sold
1: out. Yeah, my uncle took me. Um I think it was ten, ten or eleven. Something like that, yeah.
0: Is and, and when you heard Bob Seeger
1: inspiring for you? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't I didn't know much of his music at that point, of course. But to be in an arena an arena rock show, definitely, yeah. Thought, yeah, yeah, this is this is pretty cool.
0: I mean when he sings Turn the Page, man, you, you know you gotta turn the page, right? Yeah, yeah, super pro band, big band, great full yeah. sound. Solid. Boom. You know, what what were those for me? You know, I, I do this top 100 list. I'm on number 5750. Uh, Rod Stewart was the last guy I left with, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. 100 was Rush. 101 was the Dropkick Murphys. And I, you know, listen to all the podcasts and you, you'll, get, you'll get caught up. But for me, that one concert, right? It was Zeppelin. But it actually, I was correct. It was Plant Page.
1: Mm, okay.
0: And it was Jane's Addiction one of my favorite bands you ever you ever play with Jane's?
1: no never played with those guys huge fan of yeah, james addiction band. shout yeah. out
0: perry Farrell. um but for you what was that one band bob Seger's the number one band that was but, the
1: first show i saw yeah right? the, the best the show that really i think was the greatest like really just blew me away and left such an impression and also surprised me even though i was already a fan was peter gabriel incredible absolutely incredible, yeah. Manu Cachet playing drums, Tony Levin playing bass. Uh, that that was unreal, yeah. Once you saw Peter Gabriel, then you kind of knew, hey,
0: look, I might be able to do this for a living if I put my mind to it because the way you play the drums, right? It's like you said, you get bored easy. So you're not playing them easy.
1: You're not playing the drums easy. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, when I saw Peter, I had been playing a bit. I think I was already pretty determined at that point, but that was a real inspiration. For me, it was Van Halen that really cinched it. I remember, let's see, I must have been... I really had just started playing drums. I was probably playing about a year. And I remember we had... Uh, like it was U sixty eight was what we used to get the music right. videos on right. So yep. you go U sixty eight on like Sunday night from ten to twelve. You can see like rock and metal videos right. So I remember oh cool here I'm all psyched waiting, and uh they had that video for Unchained and it's basically a live video of them you know just rocking the heck out of place and Unchained and I'm just like that was that was the moment that was the where moment I was like I want to do that right there. Let me ask you Alex was just I mean the energy Like I said Coming off the stage Was palpable And I was like Man that's You could do that For a living What Oh yeah Okay Sign me up
0: (laughs) Jason Rulo's my guest Symphony X Solo project Tell Mm -hmm. everybody About what you're doing
1: Yeah I have a uh, It's really like A fusion trio Called Three Rules And uh, we did this We finished the album Last year actually And I put a few videos Out and stuff But I, I have an official Release coming up In a couple weeks For distribution and so that'll be out there. It'll be accessible. Uh, it's called Rule of Three. And since that one's complete, I'm actually going to get to work on another one here pretty soon with a, uh, a different guitar player. And uh, I don't want to blow the secret because it's not done yet. I don't want to jinx it, but it's going to be a, a fun surprise for everybody who's going to be playing guitar on this record. So that'll be uh, underway very soon here, yeah. You record, for that. Do you record that in New Mexico? We did, yeah. This record we did at Third Eye up in Harris. Uh, yep, yep. Did the drums up there and did some of the stuff in our own studios, but we did all the drums up there. Yeah, yeah. Nice room up there, actually. It was funny because I lived up there for I don't know how many years looking for a studio before I realized that there was a nice room right there, like three miles down the road. <laughs> so,
0: Jason Rulo is my guest. Symphony X now doing solo projects. You know, people ask me all the time, and and I'm glad you're here, so now I can ask you and get a definitive answer. Um, The rock bands of the 70s, right? We mentioned Rush, we mentioned Zeppelin. Rock bands of the 80s, for me, it was Def Leppard, right? It was Van Halen, it was ACDC. 90s was more Guns N' Roses, Metallica. We went through the era of Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Mm -hmm. Nirvana. Where's that? What's next? Like, what's the next wave? of rock bands, right? Or is are we slowly seeing rock music kind of we're always going to listen to the 70s, 80s, 90s?
1: Sadly, yeah, I don't know. This is this is the big question right now. And it has to do with like guitar players writing those kind of riffs anymore and just those kind of bands. Like who is that band? I mean, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. There's there's really no band like that anymore. The closest band I could come up with would be like maybe Muse. Ah, It was a great band, right? But they're still really not that. As much as I like Muse, I don't find myself listening to them a ton, like I would like a Zeppelin or something. You know what I mean? Where you just get so entranced by a band. I mean, um, but they'd be the closest thing I think. I don't know, really. For me, that's what I was saying before. I, I have a hard time finding music I like. I mean, I'm critical, but the new stuff. I mean, it's changed. Rock's obviously not as big. Metal's like, you know. A joke in the United States practically. Um, and it is a weird thing. I, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm still wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm 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 still wearing a A C D C shirt. I mean I'm I'm what's new? <laughs> I, I need a new shirt.
1: I agree. I agree. It's a good question. Yeah. So we'll see where it takes us. New Symphony X record, maybe? I don't yeah. know.
0: New Symphony X record, which would be great. <laughs> So, with the state of the music, the fusion that you talk about, in your new collaboration, what was the inspiration behind it? What inspired you for
1: it? Well, the the first one, I really, I've wanted to do it for a long time, and I think for me it was, I just wanted to kind of play some of that stuff, just show my fusion chops and just kind of, it was a way to kind of... Pay tribute to a lot of those styles and you can kind of hear some of those bands like Mahavishnu orchestra and the early like chick korea stuff wow. um and yet there's a little bit some like van halen vibe to um, more like dixie dregs kind of thing really i guess but um let's see you, you hear some certainly some rush drum fills and stuff so yeah i was kind of like paying all my tributes to everybody while writing a record that obviously i thought you know hoped would be cool Uh, I'm happy with it musically, so the songs came out cool. But that was kind of, for me, it was just like, I've always wanted to do that, so let's get this out stylistically. And it's all over the place stylistically. And um, now that that's done, I feel like, okay, it's good that that's done and that's there because now I can focus the direction where I want it a little bit more on the next one. And so I think the next one will be a, a little more, just a little bit heavier. I think that's my nature. I find no matter what I play, I always end up getting to this dynamic level of wanting to you know, just really blow out, so it's like, even if I'm playing funk or something, I just need the dynamics, and that that's what attracted me to doing the Fusion record, too, was being able to play all these different styles, whatever I wanted, and just, um, to me, dynamics are really important, and I still get to do that with Symphony X, but not to the degree of, you know, a band like this, fusion where I can really play soft stuff and loud stuff and everything in between, Latin stuff, but, you know, I have a lot of, let's see, kind of pseudo-Latin chops, if you will, because my, I've taken everything and studied it the best I could, but I apply it to what I am, you know, which is really still a rock metal drummer, I guess, ultimately. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of been fun for me, and, and drawing on those styles and then being able to maybe show some of the drum fans, too, who've, um, you know, enjoyed my stuff over the years. Like, this is kind of where I'm coming from and where my sound is developed from in you know, all these different places. So, yeah, I think that was where the first one fit in for me.
0: Jason Rulo is my guest. You know, I have an appreciation today of your passion and being a student of the game. I mean, when you talk about the fusion, Chick Korea, I mean, I'm sitting here with my eyes wide open thinking, I got to hear this new, new stuff, first of all. And secondly, how you talk about your craft, but you also embrace it daily, right? You get bored easy. You're looking for new stuff. You talked about funk, right? Mm -hmm. And I really am excited to hear this. Where are we going to be able to pick that up? Does it, like, once you get it up, it gets to all outlets or?
1: Yeah, it should be available everywhere online. Uh, Okay. Most usual spots. You can certainly go to jasonrulo.com if you're having trouble finding it. Um, And you can find me, my Instagram is just Rulo, so you can get in touch there. Follow me there, and I'll be making announcements and all that. And I have a Facebook artist page and all that stuff, too, but, yeah. So I've uh, never been a big – I'm not a self-promoter, so I'm finally hiring somebody to do all my social media because it's just, it's just not my nature, however hard I try. <laughs> right? I, so I
0: Totally get it. And what, what, time passes, man. Somebody told me one time. I want to know if it's true. If you throw a clock out the window, will we see time fly? <laughs> the hour already is done Can you believe this?
1: Amazing! I'm a drummer, man. Time's always flying. Jason
0: (laughs) Rulo was my guest. Symphony X. Make sure... Ten albums. Ten incredible albums from New Jersey, now calling New Mexico a beautiful place, which we appreciate. And when this stuff hits, do me a favor and at least text me and say, hey, it's up, because I do want to listen to it. And I'm one of those guys that puts the headset on Right? The big headset. Because I want to hear everything. I want to hear everything nice. that's happening. And um, not that I'm a critic of any sense, but definitely will hit you back up, man. And, and Absolutely. If you're ever in, uh, can see Symphony X play around the world at this point, uh, catch a show and you'll kind of get an idea. Are you, Quick question. Dream Theater's coming to Albuquerque. You going to be there? Probably. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. that that's an incredible group There's right there. Going
1: and say hi to my guys over there. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, that'd be incredible. Yeah. Dream Theater coming to Albuquerque. But yeah. let me just say thank
1: you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it.
0: Real quick, favorite sport?
1: Ooh. I grew up playing a lot of ice hockey, but I love football. I mean, I love sports, so. Who are you rooting for, the New Jersey Devils? Uh, I'm actually a Penguins fan, but I root for the Devils, too. Okay. Yeah. Mario Lemieux? Yeah, Big time, yeah. Better yeah. than Gretzky? Oh, I can't really say anybody's ever better than Gretzky. He's the great one. But, you know, Lemieux's Lemieux.
0: You don't get the name, the great one.
1: Yeah, you can't mess with Gretzky.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. I'm a huge Serena Williams fan, so oh, watching man. her win, mm-hmm. and what I'm seeing is greatness, right? Yep. We're watching greatness. Absolutely. Don't be surprised if she doesn't win the Open. Yeah. just as a that.
1: person, too, the way she handles oh. herself, she's just, yeah, all around.
0: Incredible. and. and it's always good to have Tiger Woods in the box, right? You got champion and champion, mm. greatness and greatness. It's kind of like you at a concert. <laughs> I want to put, you know, I played drums. I, I, my last story, quickly, I was in the band, third grade. Shout out Hodgin High School. or No, that would be elementary school at the time, third grade. And I'm playing trumpet, and I play Go Tell Aunt Rhodey. I come home, I play Go Tell Aunt Rhodey, and and... You know, I'm thinking, I'm the next Chuck Mangione. I'm the next Doc
1: Severson, right? Love Chuck Mangione.
0: Wasn't he great? (laughs) And then I threw my trumpet in the arroyo. But that's a whole different story that I don't want to get into with Jason Rulo right now. Just thought we'd have some fun. I want to thank Sal behind the glass. Jay, this is open invitation for you. Great. I'll be back. We'll open bring, invitation. I'll bring a
1: drum set that fits in the studio next time. I'll just bring a little. I thought I was bringing a mini version. I only brought half my drums, but it still doesn't fit. So next time I'll bring a quarter. And, uh, we'll do a little Buddy Rich style. Love it. Cool. Love it. I'm going to hold you to it. All right. Sal, thank
0: you. I want to thank Joe Neal, the president. Don't forget Instagram uh, is Mike Adams 2 at MikeAdams2.0. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast. I want to thank John Geisler making this all happen today with this interview. I want to thank Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John Michael. It's Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Thanks for joining us from Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team.